That's not how I do it. What is wrong with me lately? Take two. Okay. everyone and welcome to the leading lady club we are your hosts i'm caitlin i'm lauren and welcome to the show Yay. hope everyone is having a great monday we have now uh fallen back in daylight savings which indeed we have i am not all too happy about because now it gets dark in new york at like 4 p.m so yeah i was cooking i was meal prepping and I, it was like 4 30 and everything got a little dusky and i was like oh don't love this. It's and then you just, wake up, it's light at like 8.30, so I didn't even get to sleep in the day, so that sucked. Well, I can always sleep, but like, I just don't like the whole, there's no daylight anymore. It's just not my favorite. Yeah, um, So that's a bummer, but that's okay, because you're all here mm -hmm. to have a a positive uh, outlook on our Monday. We're here. We're here to cheer you up on this first Monday of. Are we? Is it daylight savings that we're in now? Right, because we're saving daylight. No, no. We daylight I actually have ended? no idea. Okay, I think I don't daylight know. savings time is over, so okay. we're in like normal time. Okay, so on this first Monday of no more daylight savings, we're actually no. not one hundred percent sure on that. So, listen, the whole thing is we're not farmers anymore. We don't have to save any daylight anymore. Just keep the clocks the same. Don't get me started on how we should just do away with this whole darn thing. But like Arizona doesn't do it. Why does everybody else have to do it? We're not going to get into that today. Um, but That's anyway, another day. <laughs> Happy Monday, everyone. We hope Yay. you're all staying warm and. Staying not chilly. seasonally depressed. So it, just well, you know, we can only do so much about that. Go outside and get the sun while she's still up today. While she's still up. Um, Indeed. you know, we do have one pretty good piece of of news or one pretty good update about something yes. we've talked about before on the show. Lauren, would you like to uh, tell the people what has happened? Of course. So as of last week, the female handball player so if you don't remember uh during the olympics over the summer we talked about how there were a bunch of female handball players who were you know speaking out against the um uniform regulations of handball how women had to wear bikini bottoms and like men didn't and that was a whole thing we didn't like the double standards good news as of october no sorry the regulations were published on october 3rd as of january 1st female handball players will no longer be required to wear bikini bottoms. Yay. Yay. So they will be able to be more comfortable while they play. The rule has been changed saying that female players must wear a body fit tank top, short, tight pants, and eventual accessories. I don't know what that means. Probably like hair ties or something. Um, so they don't have to wear the tops or the bottoms anymore. They can wear tank tops and shorts if they would like to. Okay, but they do have to wear a top and well, a bottom. Well, they have to wear a top, but they don't have to wear like, the bikini <laughs> Top. The way you, you said it made it sound like it was like they don't have to wear tops or bottoms. No, it's you great. Have to wear a shirt. Unfortunately, that has not, it's not naked handball. No, 
totally kidding. Oh, oh sorry. For, for the best. For um, the best. But yeah, it's so great that they, they kind of got what they were asking for. And, you know, it was a double standard and it was mm-hmm. a very outdated rule. And there's just absolutely no reason people need to be diving for balls. No, I, yeah. It's just like uncomfortable. That's going to ride up. Somebody is going to see your butt. Yeah. Um, the more we can mitigate that. Yeah. So very exciting. We love that for them. We love. So congrats, ladies, and way to be leading ladies on that issue. And they did say that their the Norwegian teams, you know, kind of outspokenness against them. There were some like open letters that were written to the handball committee, um, but the Norwegian teams kind of outspokenness during the Winter Olympics was the one that kind of sparked the the need for change. So we love to see it. Way to go, ladies. Very proud of you. Speaking of leading ladies, Lauren, we have to talk about one of our all-time favorite leading ladies for like just a second. Okay, but I'm also very, very excited about this because one of my all-time just favorite people is involved with this. So I'm like... Oh, right. Yes. Pumped. Okay. That's true. It took me a second. To, I was like, mm-hmm. she'll get there. Yeah, I got there. Um, Yes. So for those of you who don't know, this week... Uh, so this this episode will be coming out on Monday, uh-huh. and then Taylor Swift's Red album, Taylor's version, will be coming out Friday. So before we have another episode of this podcast, we will have in our hands Red Taylor's version. And, and for those includes- of you, yes, for those oh, of you who have yes. not heard our previous conversations or have no idea what we're talking about, very briefly, Taylor Swift is re-recording some of her past albums because she was not given the opportunity to buy them. Even after she tried to buy them, she offered probably large amounts of money and uh, Scooter Braun and the and the record label would not give her the chance to own her own music that she literally wrote and recorded herself. And so she is going back and re-recording them all. So we are very proud of her. This is like a very big leading lady moment. Indeed. Um, and we are getting. Yes. So full disclosure i was not nor am i still i like taylor swift but i was not a big taylor swift fan growing up so i do not have like the same emotional attachment lauren was too angsty and cool for taylor swift i do not have the same emotional attachment to taylor swift as i do as caitlin does however i am a big fan of her song all too well it is who is it it is so good it is i would say her best song and that is coming from someone who has not listened to most of her other ones but i still think i'm right I think uh, maybe you can't. But I still think I'm right. You've only heard the singles, but that's okay. That's okay. And we're getting a short film version of All Too Well, starring Sadie Sink from Stranger Things. She plays Max. And one of the greatest loves of my life, Dylan O'Brien. I am so excited. If you don't know Dylan O'Brien, he was on Teen Wolf. He was in this cute movie a couple last year called Love and Monsters. He was in the Maze Runner trilogy. Uh, I have been in love with him since I was 15, so I'm very excited that he is thriving like this in Taylor's world. Very excited, and it's also apparently going to be a 10-minute long All Too Well, which Which I I know people are shocked about that, but, like, the song itself is already over five minutes long, so... Still, that's, like, doubling the song. We're getting a lot of extra content, so... I'm just not emotionally prepared. No, Honestly, I don't think anybody is. someone please break my heart in the next five days so that I can really give this album the emotional um, oomph it deserves when listening to Jake Gyllenhaal to it. is quaking in his boots. Jake Gyllenhaal, welcome to your tape. You have been canceled. Um, I also saw a funny meme online that said, <laughs> that said, <laughs> breaking. <laughs> Dylan O'Brien says he didn't shower for a month to prepare for his role in Taylor Swift's All Too Well. Dead. 
sure. And I was like, well, again, for those of you who missed that, there was a news story that came out a few months ago that was like Jake Gyllenhaal basically being like, yeah, I don't know. I don't really shower every day, just like every now and then. And everyone was like, LOL, Jake Gyllenhaal doesn't shower. Gross. Like, ew. What do you mean now and then? That could be. Yeah, I'm paraphrasing, but still. But still. Jake Gyllenhaal is canceled. Taylor Swift is not canceled and also she's performing on snl next week and i live like two blocks from snl so if you don't think your girl is gonna go show up and be like taylor i'm here i am very excited for we are never getting back together because i do love that song very much it's a good one it's a good one one. um speaking of ladies who love taylor swift that actually was a pretty good segue that was good because we did we did briefly talk about taylor swift uh, in her interview so speaking of ladies who also are probably excited for red taylor's version we have a very exciting guest with us today it's my girl jenna voris i'm so excited for you all to hear what she has to say jenna is an author she has her debut novel coming out in uh spring of 2023 from viking penguin random house publishing and it's called made of stars yes it is a big deal the book is called made of stars um she'll tell you a little bit more about it in the interview i don't want to spoil anything because uh the way she introduces it is pretty pretty spectacular um but just know it's a young adult fiction kind of like sci-fi love story um set in space i believe so i'm very excited to hear more about that all my boxes pretty much yeah just like lauren to a t um so that's very exciting and i want to i will say it again at the end of the interview but i want to make sure you all know that you can go ahead and go on goodreads the app or website if you have an account with goodreads and you can already find jenna's book and mark it as want to read and that would be a great way to support her support her book kind of grow the hype and also uh, a great way to stay up to date with any news and announcements that are happening with the book coming out so definitely go do that maybe pause pause this interview go to that really quickly mm-hmm. just do 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 good reads it took me two seconds i did it um and then hit play because we have jenna here and we're so excited Yay. i met um really briefly i met jenna through my time with gagged chokers courtney reed our former Shouts. season one interview guest um, her jewelry and accessories brand. And Jenna came on uh, kind of right as we were all trying to figure out what was going on with Gagged. Um, and she was just so awesome. And we're about the same age and have a lot of things in common. As you will hear in the interview, we geek out about a lot of things, um, a lot of our shared loves. So that's going to be very exciting for all of you, I hope. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I've said enough about her. I think we should just bring her in. What do you say, Lauren? Let's do it. All right, everyone, here she is, Jenna Voris. Yay. Hi, Jenna. Welcome to the show. We're so excited to have you here. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, of course. We're so excited you could be with us uh, from afar. One of the great things about, I feel like, I mean, one of the only good things about this period of time we've all been going through is I feel like it's uh, 
it's been able to kind of open all of us up to the Zoom world. And so it's so nice. We get to interview people who are uh, in all sorts of different places. So you're in Washington, D.C., correct? Yes, I am. I've been here for the last two years. So Amazing. I love it here. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, we're all zooming from different places. I love that. So as we kind of said in our intro, you are a writer, an author, you have a book coming out, which is so mm-hmm. exciting. And we oh. love to ask people on this podcast sort of how they came to be in their career, if that was something that they dreamt of doing since they were a kid, if that was something they always knew that they would do, or if it maybe was something they sort of discovered a little bit later on. So uh, kind of tell us a little bit about that journey for you and, and how you decided you wanted to be a writer. Yeah, I feel like anyone who knew me as a kid is probably not surprised. Um, First of all, like Belle was my favorite Disney princess. Um, Still love her, obsessed with her to this day. I like my life goal was to have her library. And honestly, like it's still it still is. Oh, yeah. Um, But I was obsessed with Belle as a child. And like shout out to my parents for like letting me dress up as her for like multiple years in a row for Halloween. Um, But my mom was also really good about taking us to the library every week. So I really, I grew up like in a family that reading was very important. Um, I read a lot of really great books. I really loved like the Magic Treehouse and Percy Jackson as a kid, like these big, like larger than life fantasy stories. Um, So I always grew up loving reading. And in elementary school, I would write like what I now know was just like really bad fan fiction where I would put like myself into like the the world of those books. Or like those characters. (laughs) Right, exactly. I thought I was being so original, but it was a blatant ripoff. Um, but I would do that in elementary school. And I was like, look, I, I wrote books. Um, I thought it was really great. But in high school, um, you know, kind of the, it kind of fell off the, the side. I was really busy doing a lot of activities. And when I was thinking about where I wanted to go to college and what I wanted to do, um, I thought about creative writing. I thought about film writing because at, at the time it was also the only thing that I was like, kind of good at like I wasn't good at like any of the other like the school subjects at all like science or math like didn't like care about them that much but I knew that I always loved like reading and writing um but I also kind of thought that like authors weren't real people like that was like a celebrity type of job I was like real people don't write books which is ridiculous because there's so many books out there um but when I went to college I studied journalism that was my major because it was a way to like keep writing and I knew that that's what I liked and what I was good at um, and the program was, you know, like reporting journalism and you all, you all start out in like a 101 like reporting class. And I knew literally from day one that I was like, I cannot be a beat reporter. Like I, I understand the importance of having like unbiased news sources, obviously, but like, yeah. And it's also just a lot of writing the facts with like no sort of embellishment. So if I was like, oh, this doesn't sound pretty to me, like you can't change it because like it has to, like you have to write it how it happened type of thing. Um, so I was like, oh, this sucks because I thought I liked writing, but this job that like I kind of wanted to do, I don't think I would like it very much. Um, senior year, I took a magazine writing class, which was much more like mm. editorial. So we got to do like this really big feature story. Um, it's a lot more storytelling. And I really loved that. So I was like, maybe I could be like I could work in a magazine. I could be like the Devil Wears Prada. Exactly. I was like, this is my future. Um, But I was also kind of writing like little stories on the side. Um, But it wasn't until after I graduated college and I had moved to New York and I had my first job in publishing because I was like, that's, you know, like writing adjacent. Um, 
where I was like, I finally finished a first draft of like a full on novel. And it's not the book that is my debut book. It was the first book I ever wrote. And it was definitely like one of those things that like I had to do to learn how to write books because no mm-hmm. one, re- I mean, no one really teaches you. And especially like I had never, I'd never taken like any uh, like formal creative writing classes. So I didn't really know about craft. I didn't know about structure. And then Business-wise, I didn't know anything about publishing or how that worked. So I was just kind of all on my own. It was all something that I had to discover. Um, so after college, I like finished a first draft of this book. And like, it was like the first time I'd ever finished something like that. The first time I'd ever liked a project enough to like see it through to the end. Um, and then at the time I was like, okay, well, like this is fine. I really, really liked this, but um, it's not good. So I like spent a bunch of time rewriting and trying to find um, critique partners because also at the time, I didn't know anyone else who was like my age, who was like writing books. It's really kind of difficult to like find people like that in real life. And um, I ended up finding a lot of friends and people who were doing the same thing as me um, online, which is great. Um, A lot of people on Twitter, a lot of writers on Instagram, connecting with people um, kind of all across the country was a really, a really great motivator for me to continue working because I don't think if I had had a community of people who were kind of like doing the same things that I was Mm -hmm. and like passionate about the same things. And also like a lot, they, they were so much smarter than I was too. Like a lot of those people had gone through it already or had been writing for years and kind of knew, um, like what the vibe was. I was like, if I didn't have those people, I don't know if I would have like continued um, just because it's really hard and it can feel really solitary if you don't have anyone kind of like in your corner. But yeah, that's kind of how how that happened. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I love it. That's really interesting. Yeah, especially like the business side of it. Because I feel oh, like yeah. you're right. Like people don't know. People are like, oh, I can write a book. Cool. Yeah. But it's like, okay, you have to go through like a lot of channels. I feel channels like to it's a it lot published. like it's a lot kind of like acting in a way where Mm -hmm. sometimes if you tell people that like you've written a book, they're like, Oh my gosh, like when, when can I read it? And you're like, no, wait, like that's not how it works. Um, Because for writing too, you um, for, if you want to be published by most of like the big five publishing houses, you need a literary agent. So like Mm -hmm. your first step is to secure like representation. And so even after you have a literary agent and like, that's really exciting. That's such a huge step. And you like tell people you have an agent now they're like, okay, so when can I read your book? And you're like, wait, no, that's still not how it works. So like, again, this was something that I had no, like when I finished writing a draft, I didn't know about literary agents. I didn't know about yeah. publishers. I didn't know about anything. You're like, all right, I'm done. But yeah, I was like, uh, who, who do I, did I mail my book to like Mr. Penguin Random House? And like, he like, gets to decide what happens. Print it up. Thank print you. it out, boys. Um, but yeah, that's not how it works at all. And it's, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. That's really cool. Yeah, I, I've always been very fascinated by like the world of publishing because it is such a different like, kind of business um so it's cool that you're kind of getting to learn more about it now that you're really in it um so you mentioned a little bit you mentioned you know Harry Potter Percy Jackson two of the greatest loves of my life um reading when you were growing up so are there any other authors that you uh kind of took as inspiration for stuff that you're writing today are there anyone that you're kind of trying to like follow the path of fit the vibe of that Mm -hmm. kind of inspired you to write what you're writing now I know that it's cheesy, but like, I would be remiss if like, I didn't credit Twilight with like getting me back into like loving books and also like loving like young adult books because my debut is a young adult. Um, And Twilight, like whatever you think about Twilight, like really defined that market and like was so influential for publishing as a whole. So like a hundred percent 
credit Stephanie Meyer with like my obsession for reading all of this like paranormal like romance and like everything all through middle school and high school. Um, I really admire Lee Bardugo's career a lot. Um, if you've seen Netflix show Shadow and Bone, um, yes, her book. She wrote the Six of Crows duology and she wrote Ninth House, which is an adult. Uh, like paranormal thriller um I really love her career I think that she's a really good example of just like working hard and writing your books and like having success like later down the line because you're a hard worker and a good person so um definitely something like that as well I love Lee Bardugo I read mm-hmm. Six of Crows and Crooked Kingdom earlier this year so oh it, yes I reread them earlier and like I didn't realize at the time when I first read them in like 2018, how formative of experience reading about Kaz Brecker ripping a man's eyeball out for his love interest. I was like, that's the kind of man. You're like, this is love. This is is the epitome of love. (laughs) Yeah. It's amazing. I can't even get a text back. And this man. (laughs) This man is ripping off body parts for the woman that he loves. Exactly. Wish it were me. Wish it were me. Exactly. (laughs) Iconic. Amazing. Um, I have not read these books, so I don't know what's happening. But this is just a pitch for Lee Bardugo now, I guess. Apparently. <laughs> Please read all of her books. She's got, like, ten of them now. You right. could start with the Netflix show, too. Yeah, like, That's a good introduction. The show I is have, very, very good. I've heard yeah. it's good. Um, I did also read Twilight, though, uh, in middle oh, school, yeah. so I can relate on that. Uh, on that it uh, is formative. I read the first. I only read the first three books, but I was like, wow, this is something this yeah is something it was influential a cultural reset as true <laughs> i mean we got 50 shades of gray out of it too oh my gosh so that's, yes. count for something. that's yeah absolutely um iconic <laughs> that's so funny um okay so speaking of your book that you have written slash are in the process of probably writing and revising and working on uh tell us a little bit more about it it's called made of stars correct it is, yes. yes okay and I it's coming like out i should have it's coming out spring 2023 because Amazing. publishing moves at a glacial pace we love um, i will say the first line of it on your website is bonnie and clyde in space which yeah. i'm already on board yeah yes. i'm already in thank uh, you i feel like i haven't been asked to like do elevator pitches very often so i like really need to get a good one together but i usually tell people good. yeah it's bonnie and clyde in space it's about these like two outlaws doing space heists to save their home planet and the like ambitious cadet who is tasked with ca- like tracking them down um so yeah and not gonna lie jeremy jordan our man <laughs> very influential we are the we are big jeremy jordan stands in this house. jeremy jordan stands in this house i knew i was talking to the right people absolutely um so i started writing made of stars when i had finished the first book that i was talking about earlier i was in the process of sending it out to agents um the first time i'd ever done that and everyone always tells you that when you're doing something like that you need to like be working on the next thing first of all because like (laughs) anxiety and also just because like it's really helpful to know that like if this project doesn't work out like you can write more books especially like for me um i had spent like because i hadn't really been writing very seriously i had spent like a couple years kind of like bringing that into a draft that I thought was like worthy of other people's eyes. So I was like, oh, this is like three years of my life. Like, I don't know if I can do anything else. I don't know if I have any other ideas. So I was really like, what do I do? What do I like? And big fan of Jeremy Jordan. Right. I feel like I was literally, I like Jeremy Jordan. I was like literally listening to the Broadway cast recording. And I remember texting one of my friends because we had watched a um, totally legal bootleg of the Mm -hmm, Bonnie and musical. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Because she's also a Jeremy Jordan fan. And I was, I remember texting her and I was literally just like, if I ever like wrote a sci-fi, it would be Bonnie and Clyde in space. And like, here's the pitch. And I like wrote her this whole long text. And then she was just like, 
good. And I was like, wait, I'm kind so of you're like, okay, well, there you go. Yeah, exactly. So as I like biked home from like my little internship, cause I was interning at a theater that summer, I was like biking home on the city bikes, um, <laughs> listening to Jeremy Jordan sing, raise a little hell in my ears. And I was like, oh my God, this is the opening chapter. Um, so that was the main inspiration. Wow. And I really feel like at this point, um, Frank Wildhorn owes me royalties for how many people I have um, introduced to this musical in the last few years, because <sighs> I had to do it when I, when I was talking to my agent for the first time, because she also asked me like, like, what is this book? Like, where does this idea come mm-hmm. from? And I was like, do you know who Jeremy Jordan is? And like <laughs> the same thing no. when I was like talking to my editor and like the same thing when I've talked to like any other people, I'm like, well, actually, have you heard of the Broadway musical? <laughs> um, if not, please listen to it. And then we can if talk. not, I'll give you like a curated playlist of my favorite songs and we can go from there. Absolutely. Um, so like, yes, 100%, that was um, like the main inspiration for that book. And I thought it was super fun because like, I had a really good time writing it because at the time I didn't feel like it was a lot of pressure because I was like, oh, this first book is going to be the one that's like amazing and successful and someone's going to sign me and someone's going to buy it for a million dollars and it's going to be made into a movie because I was like blindly confident in my skills for some reason. Um, that, so this was- that's how you keep going. That's right, honestly exactly. my motto in life is I'm just blindly confident in my like, skills yeah, yeah. for exactly. no good reason. There's no logic behind it. I'm just like, yeah, obviously it's all going to work out for me. It's so. all going to be fine. Yeah. Um, but at the time it didn't feel like I had any pressure on like this book that I was writing just for fun. So I was like, oh my gosh, they get to do like these cool space heists. And I'm going to put like little references to the musical lyrics throughout the book, like just for me, because no one else is ever going to read this. So like, it's just going to be for me. <laughs> it's going to um, also be for me, Spoiler alert, I will also be looking for those references now. Thank you. I like, I'm going to have to do, I think, a few more rounds of edits and like copy edits. So I'm going to see hopefully how many survive at the end. And I will make a note that I know (laughs) when it releases into the world, how many there are. Right. If you find them all, you get a prize. Wow. It's like Um, hidden Mickeys. I can't wait. It is. Yes. If you find them all, you get to meet Jeremy Jordan. Oh my God. Stop. (laughs) Jeremy Jordan just in the back of my acknowledgements hanging out. Um, Yeah. So yeah, it was just kind of like a just for fun project for a while. And then by the time I had finished it, I was kind of wrapping up on the first book. I hadn't really gotten any interest in it. Um, Rightfully so. It was not very good. Um, But I was like, oh, well, how great that I have this new project ready to go. This is so exciting. Um, and I knew at the time, like, I was like, okay, this is objectively better than the last book. Like, I know that I know that I'm like a better writer now, like I'm more confident in myself putting it out there. Um, but then I started submitting to agents again in like the winter fall of, it was like late 2019. Um, and I just got like straight rejections for like a while. Um, which was like almost harder than the first book because of the first book, I was like, of course they're going to sign me. And then when they didn't, I was like, okay, well, I guess it wasn't that good. It was my first book. And then with this one, I was like, I mean, I don't think I'm like the best writer of all time, but I, I think this think one's bad. I was like, I don't think, I think this one's objectively better. And like, it was also more hurtful. Like it hurt more for me because I was like, oh, like I felt like I had like put so much more of like myself into this book. And like, I really loved it more than I like thought I would. And I was like, oh, this is another book that like doesn't go anywhere. Like, I guess I'll write another one, but I'll be really sad about it. But it's gonna um, suck. It's gonna really suck. Um, and I ended up entering into a mentorship contest in early 2020. Um, it was kind of like the last thing that I was going to do with that book because I had basically queried like my whole list of agents. Um, and 
querying agents is really interesting. Um, I don't know, Kaylin, it's like this when, you know, like you're getting kind of like agents for acting and everything, but you basically send them like a pitch letter of your book um, that kind of has a little bit of a bio at the end about you as well. And then you send in like however many pages they request. So like five or 10 or like the first three chapters or whatever. And then from there they can like request the full. And then if they like it, they would like call you to see if you'd be like a good business fit. Um, and there's a ton of literary agents out there. They all represent a bunch of different genres and a bunch of different, um, you know, like age categories and everything. There's so many. Um, but one of like the tricks of querying a book is like you want to get that really great combination of like an agent who's like has has made sales, like has relationships with like publishing houses that would be a good fit for your book and also like has a list that kind of um, like matches like the tone of your book too. And also like for me, I was like, they got to pass the vibe check. <laughs> like oh, they got to be cool. Of course, um, absolutely. Right. So like, you don't just want to like randomly throw your book at anyone who says like they're a literary agent. So like at the time that I entered the contest, I had basically gone through my whole list and I was like, I guess I could query more, but I feel like it would be a detriment to me. Like, I don't want to end up with someone who's a bad match and yeah. like also, or someone who like also wouldn't want to support me through like the rest of my career, like not just past like this book type of thing. Um, so I kind of entered it in this contest and it's called author mentor match. And basically they pair unagented writers with writers who are agented or published and they basically revise your book with you and then they help you query at the end of it which is great Amazing. I was like, yeah. yeah at oh, the cool. time yeah. I was like I don't have like that much of a community I've never had someone with like this level of like expertise like look at my writing and also at the time I had never had anyone like say yes to like anything that I had written so I just entered it and I was like this is the last thing I'll do with this book if I don't get in and like whatever we're doing something else um but I got in it was great my mentor was fantastic and we went through and we revised the book and then um when they announced it it was like when they announced the people who'd gotten in it was literally like the second week of march 2020 so like we were so hopeful we were like what a great year this we is good no we didn't know anything. we didn't know you we were so young and so sad um but I actually think that like my my round of mentees, basically, they I'm obsessed with them. I love them so much. And I think that the reason that one of the reasons that we're so close is because we like, were like all in lockdown together and we had no idea what was happening. And we were all trying to like revise our books, but like no one knew if publishing was like going to survive or like if anyone would even write books in the future. And we're like, what is the point of this? Um, just just a collective crisis. Constant. That nothing yeah. like bringing people, nothing brings people together like a collective. Like a pandemic. Terror. Exactly. Pandemic. Yeah. Um, well, you know what? We, we got through it. <laughs> We're still yeah. here. Um, so I queried it again in the summer of like 2020, like late summer. And then I signed with my agent uh, in August, which was really great. Um, and then she's fantastic. We did another round of edits with her. And then I went out on submission like at the end of 2020. Um, and so the submission process is basically when your agent basically like when you queried agents now they send your stuff to editors and they're like here's the pitch here's the book do you want to give me money for it and that's what we did and then I ended up selling it in February of 2021 and now we're here and now here we are still revising it <laughs> still going through drafts yeah amazing so well so leading into our next question perfectly so you got the book deal this year very exciting yes. very cool obviously a lot of work goes into getting that book deal, but what was it like when you like got it? Like, you know, you, uh -huh. you put all this work in, you've written two books at this point. What was it like when they were like, yes, we will give you money for this book. Cause I it imagine was, it's probably like, Whoa, like yeah. very gratifying. 
Yeah, I was pretty sure it was a prank um, at the time. <laughs> they're lying, they're lying. Right, because also um, we had had like a couple other like calls that didn't really work out with other editors that were interested. So I was just kind of like over it at this point where I was like, mm-hmm. okay, well, I'm going to write something else. Like, it's fine. Like, this just won't be like a book that I debut with and that's okay. And I had like not looked at it for like months and months because I was like, again, how I did earlier, I was like, you have to write the next thing or like you are going to like, slowly panic spiral into nothing so I had like written another book and I was like all right let's do this one now (laughs) like obviously no one wants the other one um and so when my agent called and was like here look at your offer it is in your inbox I was like literally eating lasagna (laughs) like excuse me (laughs) what it's always at the weirdest moments in your life yeah I'm just trying to eat dinner right and I remember she had like emailed me to be like, oh, like, let me call you. And I knew they were supposed to make a decision. And in my head, I was like, oh, she's going to tell me that they don't want it. And like, she's going to call me because like, she knows that I've already been passed by like a few other people. And she wants to like console me or like fire me or something. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I was like, shame eating my lasagna, like ready to (laughs) call it a night. Um, And it was, yeah, it was wild. (laughs) Because then it's also weird because it's publishing. So um, people, nobody, nobody else knows. It's not like you get mm-hmm. to like say to the world because like contracts right. take a long time. And, um, yeah. I didn't have to wait that long before they announced it. They submitted my like announcement to like the publisher's weekly newsletter pretty soon. I think that they announced it like a month or so after I, I've had friends who have waited like six months to announce their book or like a year to announce their book where like, they've been sitting on this deal and like working on it and doing a lot of things for it, but like they haven't been able to tell people, um, which I was Is like, there I would... a reason that it takes so long. Is that like, just some people is yeah it, I mean because publishing takes forever and also like some houses um there's a bunch of different imprints at the different publishing houses and some imprints just do it differently like some people mm. wait until like the contract is signed some people wait until they have like a first draft to announce it mm. I think everyone just does it differently um mm. and also like a lot of people I know have had release dates because of the pandemic pushed so announcements mm. have been pushed um and everything like that so I was like it happened and I was like very excited and then I was like oh my god I can't tell anyone um I did tell like my friends and all my family and then I had to swear them to secrecy and I had to be like dad you can't tell like the grandparents because they will put they'll put it everywhere you're like no I can't tell everybody I can't tell anybody except for the 13 people that I tell everything yeah except for everyone who knows everything about me and then other than that it's a secret literally me yeah that's amazing wait and I don't know anything about publishing or books or well I mean I read I read books but I don't know anything about this this I read I know how to read read. Um, I'm literate um but I I don't know how any of this stuff works but so you your book is coming out with Penguin Random House right which that's a big Mm -hmm. I everyone knows Penguin Random House I was gonna say is like I know that name so that's got to be one of the big ones right you know that like lyric from the last five years because like Jamie Wellerstein gets his deal from Random House back when they were like two separate publishing houses it was just Random House it was just Random House um but I was like well Jamie Wellerstein got his book deal here so like just saying what's the one I yeah. love it. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Yeah, pretty much all I know about publishing comes from watching the show Younger. Oh my um, gosh, no. <laughs> which, like, I, it's probably all wrong. Um, it, no, but it's, like, a funny wrong. It's, like, camp okay. at this point. That's good. That's good. That's good. Um, at least yeah. it's not, like, grossly inaccurate. But it's inaccurate I mean, it, like, it, it is, way. but, like, it's almost but, like, a fun, But Sutton Foster is in it, so, like, it's I fun. know. It's yeah. like watching Smash as an actor, and you're like, yeah. this is... Like, okay, this is um, yeah. 
okay, like, we're just gonna suspend our disbelief for a bit yeah, and like yeah. have a good time absolutely wow okay <laughs> love that glad we could make these uh pop culture analogies here because it's really it's really feeding me rip um smash. <laughs> rip smash and younger younger <laughs> It just they take away all of my loves and life. We just can't win. We just can't win. We really can't. Revive Smash. Okay. Anyway, um, Revive Smash and Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah, Bonnie. Thank you. This is this is a revival podcast now. Just give <laughs> Jeremy Jordan all the jobs. I absolutely bought a ticket to see the the concert in London, and I'm like really hoping that everything you know is fine and we can internationally travel in January. Yeah. Because I- like. I think yeah. I manifested this and I deserve to be there. <laughs> I think you, you do. I yeah. want that for you. And I like, if whoever. Little shop so bad. Oh, I saw a TikTok about it. Unrelated, but tangentially related. I want to see the little shop so bad. I saw a TikTok about it the other day and I was like, he's so talented. And everyone thinks he's too hot to be seen more. And I don't think that that's true. I think he's awesome. perfect. And he's great. He's a perfect nerdy character. So yeah. anyway, big fan. <laughs> we, again, anyway, Jeremy again, Jordan stands welcome first. Welcome to the Jeremy say. Jordan podcast. For life. Wow. <laughs> and you referenced the last five years, which he oh my God, a yeah. movie up. Oh my gosh. Wow. We literally are going there. <laughs> we are going there with Jeremy Jordan today. Yeah. Okay. We are no anyway. longer the lady club. We are the Jeremy Jordan fan club. As it should be. Okay, forget Jeremy. Back to Jenna. Here we go. We're back. We're back. Um, so Jenna, this is all very exciting and has to feel like you're sort of on the cusp of like really the beginning of your career and and how amazing and exciting and your first book is coming out. All of the great things. Where do you see yourself if you could imagine right now? Where could you see yourself in five to ten years? What are sort of some of your goals? I know obviously we can't predict the future, but if you could kind of imagine yourself right now. <laughs> LOL, barring yeah. another literal global pandemic yeah. that shuts everything down. Let's just like imagine that just all goes away tomorrow. Uh, right. What's the future like for you? That's so wild because sometimes when I tell people that like, oh, my book is coming out in 2023, I'm like, that's not a real year. <laughs> like, that's <laughs> right. That doesn't exist. We're not going to make it that far. Probably not. Um, and also like with publishing too, it's so wild because like, I mean, even I like I know going into it like nothing is ever guaranteed like I could literally never sell another book again and I'm gonna like work really hard to, to do that obviously and sell more books because I really do love it and I think it's really fun um but if I could like craft my perfect scenario five years from now we are, I have met my own like Netflix adaptation um starring Laura Dern I don't care who mm, she plays honestly yeah. Um, I'll write a new character for her. She can be in it. Um, she can have literally whatever she wants because she's. She can pick. She can pick whatever role she wants as long as as long as Laura Dern is there. Um, but no, I think that like I really love the idea of being able to like tell stories and especially for um, like I'm writing YA right now, so like for teens and like young adults because I really loved reading those stories when I was younger. When I was younger, and a lot of it was about like oh, like, I really want to, like, have this kind of thing in life, or, like, I wish I could do that, or, like, I wish I was smart enough, or, like, brave Mm -hmm. enough to do that, and I would, like, be reading about these characters who were doing these incredible things, and then, like, thinking about how I could do things that were, like, similar, or at least, like, translate that into my own life, and -hmm. I think that that's just a really cool thing that, like, books can do for young people, and I think it's a really incredible, and, like, I just, like, kind of feel honored to be able to do that for other kids. Oh, that's so nice. I totally totally agree. I think YA is such... I still read. I mean, I'm 25 years old. We both do. We both read YA all the time. We're big YA fans. But it's just, it's so important because you're right. It's like these kids are reading these books in like these very formative years of their Mm -hmm. lives. And to be able to see people like 
doing things that they want to do and telling stories that are like their own stories, like across, you know, race and sexual mm-hmm. sexual orientation and all that. I think it's super important to be able to keep telling those stories and like give the kids what a, a dream. And the youths are so great. We love yeah. the youths. We love the youths. The we children don't, are indeed our future. We they. don't understand them. I don't know what they say when they talk on TikTok, but oh, me neither. We do love them. Yeah, I'm like so farther and farther away. I have cousins that are 14 and 12, and sometimes I say things, and I'm like, "What? You're speaking a different language." I, but I love that's you. not a word. Like you just literally don't know anymore. They just make new ones up every week, and I can't keep up. They, indeed, but they're important, and we want to write books. And we for love them. them. And they we deserve love books. Them. Yes. yes. <laughs> we love them in all their weird little languages. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, our last more like, you know, in-depth question of the mm-hmm. of the show. Uh, what advice do you have for people who want to pursue writing like you have and want to kind of follow in, in those footsteps? Was, as we've heard, like the process is maybe a little more complex than people think. So what is the best piece of advice that you can give to someone who wants to kind of follow the path that you're following? I think that publishing is a really difficult industry and a lot of really important conversations have been having, we've been having really important conversations around accessibility and diversity, especially in publishing and especially in like the industry side, um, like within the houses themselves, like editors and and marketers and publicity directors and um, making sure people have opportunities that way. And so I think it's it's really difficult to give advice generally. Um, Also, because I feel like I don't really know what I'm doing yet either. Like, this is all so new to me. Like, I feel like I'm figuring it out. And like, I know I'm going to have a very different journey than anyone else. And I know that I'm also in like a position of privilege as someone who's white, who I may be like, I I thought I had like, it was, it was kind of hard, you know, like it's a difficult journey, but it's, it's nothing compared to like what a lot of authors of color have to face because there's so many gatekeepers. It's so many different intervals at this industry. Like you have to get your book in like into an agency you have to have an agent say yes to your book and a lot of the times that's all about how much like they can they can relate to your book or like want to read it a lot and since a lot of agents are white like that's also something that's difficult mm-hmm. and then you have to get your book past editors and, and publishing houses so I think that's like kind of it's it's kind of difficult to give advice in that way because a lot of people I think would say like just keep going and like don't give up and I really I think there's some truth to that I think being persistent and like persevering is really important but I also think that sometimes it's not realistic when the industry itself is so like stacked against you and I honestly think that knowing when to take a break or knowing when to stop doing something that is like detrimental to your physical or mental health is just as important as as persevering and like keeping keeping going at all costs type of thing um so I guess like my main point of advice is like it's gonna it's kind of hard mentally and to like get in therapy (laughs) or like learn how to like manage your like mental health in a way that is like helpful for you because you're going to face a lot of like competition not like necessarily competition from other people but people like to pit writers against each other people like to see like if one person succeeds that means that like you're not allowed to succeed but there's seats at the table for everyone and the table is constantly expanding as well and we should constantly be pushing for more seats at the table than we already have um so i think learning to get your own mental health in check and to kind of see it as you know like this is a hobby this is something i really like and it's it's really not the end of the world um i think is really important perspective is so hard and like i have to like i think about that every day and like 
it's one of the things that is really difficult about an industry like this because it is it's so visible Mm. absolutely yeah care of yourself while also following your dreams very very important Mm -hmm. absolutely we definitely uh are into self-care here on the leading lady club so everyone drink your water and hydrate yes yes that will solve all your problems (laughs) i'm just kidding um (laughs) that water right well done love that advice and now we move on to what we call the rapid ish fire section because if we just call it rapid fire people look at us with fear in their eyes so we have <laughs> it's, not, it's, not anything. it's, it's yeah we're not timing you i promise it's all good right. these are just like kind of the lighter more fun questions um and a couple of them are questions that we ask every episode so the first of those being obviously this is the leading lady club we're big mm-hmm. into our leading ladies here so what does being a leading lady mean to you whether that's in your life or in your career what does it mean to you to be a leading lady mm-hmm. I think actually going back to the last question, um, like I said, there's a lot of like gates and and doors in publishing specifically. And I think in the industry specifically, um, I would be doing like everyone else a disservice if I didn't try to like open as many of those doors and like keep them open behind me as, as possible. I think a lot of people have this attitude in like the workforce and also in a lot of creative fields like oh, back in my day, we had to like suffer. And like, yeah. so like, if, you, if you're suffering and having a terrible time for your art, then like, that's fine, because that's how we've always done it. But I think that we should be trying to make everything easier for everyone after us. And we should be trying to make everything more accessible and giving as many people the opportunity to do what we're doing as possible. And I think that that's where, you know, like being a leading lady really thrives is by not just like leading others, but like giving others the opportunity to like lead themselves and mm-hmm. have the opportunity. Hmm. I love that. That's great. Mm-hmm. Um, so knowing that's your definition of leading lady, who are some of the leading ladies in your life? Um, my mom, obviously. She obviously. is a really she runs her own business, really great. Nice. Um, and also has always encouraged like my love of like following what I want to do and being independent type of thing. Um, also I have this like really great group of like college and high school friends that I'm still really close with, um, today who are all like incredible in their own fields. And it's also different. Like my best friend is like a music therapist and I really mm-hmm. admire that. Like she, um, like sings and plays music for people who are like in the hospital. And I think that's so great. And that's something that I couldn't do. And I really appreciate the, like, she is like so kind and empathetic and I love that about her. And I think that's really fantastic. Hmm, that's so nice shout out to the bestie shout out um all right my favorite question to ask all of our guests don't ask me why but ever since the very first episode this has just been like a recurring question that i am obsessed with for some reason i think it tells a lot about people uh if you could have a dinner party and invite three people living or dead who would you invite Okay, I feel like I have to say Jeremy Jordan at this point. Honestly, at this um, point, you okay, owe him. We'll, you we'll, owe reserve, him. we'll reserve a, t- a seat for Jeremy Jordan. Okay, we love um, that. I think Dolly Parton, 100%, absolutely. I don't I'm, think anyone has said Dolly say, Parton. I'm obsessed with Dolly Parton. How um, has no one said Dolly Parton? That's it just an, feels a travesty, but thank right. you for correcting that. Okay, great. Dolly Parton, and I also, Taylor Swift, because, um, again, I'm obsessed with her, but also because I think we really need a Taylor Swift-Dolly Parton collab, mm. and I think that dinner party would be a really great opportunity for me to make that happen. Um, I just think that they're both, first of all, incredible, incredible songwriters, incredible musicians, and I think if they just, like, spent some time together, we'd get a whole album. 
Like Dolly Parton. I think wrote, I would. I think I I'm, would yeah. die. I'm broken. You broke yeah. me. I'm like Dolly Parton wrote like Jolene and I will always love you like on the same night, and I feel like Taylor Swift wrote um, "Tis the Damn Season" like the night after the folklore studio session. So like I know if they just like got together and had a glass of wine, we would get a whole album out of we it. We get a whole album, and the world would be better for it. Uh, yeah, exactly. Wow, how have they never done a collab before? I know. I just I think this is my life goal. I manifested the Bonnie and Clyde reunion concert. I think I'm gonna manifest the Dolly Parton Taylor Swift collab. Put that energy into the universe, please. Yeah. And like Jeremy can just be there to like. Yeah, Jeremy and I yes. will just be having our own conversation while yeah. they do their genius. They can yeah. work things out. Jeremy can like serenade you, and you can tell him about your book. And- yeah. Wow, what a great night. Okay, I'm definitely <laughs> crashing that party. Um, yeah, everyone's really, invited. That was a really good one. And also, you like you rattled those off really fast. Most people are always like, oh my gosh, I have to think. Oh, like, who I can't. Have I ever met what do I do? No. Like, who do I invite? Like, some people are like Googling names. to so, like, that one person who did that one thing. I'm like, you no. literally were like, boom, boom, boom. Done. Got You're it. Like, nailed it. Love yeah, it. Thank you. Iconic. Um, okay, I thought this would be fun. Speaking mm-hmm. of all the books that you loved reading as a kid, maybe these, one yes. of these will, will fit that. If you could live in the world of any fictional book, what would you choose? I think I would die in a lot of them. Like, right, that's the problem. That's a good I'm point. Not, that's a good yeah. Point. I think I would have to live in like... Hmm. I honestly feel like I would want to live in the world of red, white, and royal blue just because um, we don't, like, they just don't have Trump as president. So that was a plus. Mm -hmm. Big fan of that. Mm -hmm. Um, And also, like, the royal family seems pretty cool in that one. Oh, I love that book so much. I don't think I could live in, like, any sort of fantasy or sci-fi world. Like, I would absolutely die very quickly. I would die in the world of my own book. I would not be cool enough to survive any of the heists. Wow. Yeah, I would like to live in like Percy Jackson, but like after all the bad things happen. Yeah. You know, mm. like let yeah. all that happen first, and then I can come in. Yeah. yeah, and I'd be like a very safe. Like I don't need yes. to be like the oh, daughter yeah. of Hades or anything, no. even though that would be very cool. The aesthetic is great. I can just be like, like a safe, safe. Give me like Demeter. Like I'll just do yeah, I'll just stuff. garden. Yeah, that yeah. sounds fun. Definitely. I'm not signing up for any hero stuff. No, no not me. Okay. No, I'm, a, I'm not like one of the dream. bystanders. Yeah, yeah yes. I'm not I'll, the main character. I'll, I'll like make Percy a snack before he goes off yeah. to war or whatever. I'll be like, I'll be praying for you. Make, make good choices. <laughs> make good yeah. choices. Don't do anything I wouldn't do except mm-hmm. maybe save the world. But thanks. Right. Um, <laughs> wow, that's a really good point. I've never thought about that. I would definitely die in the world yeah. of most of my favorite books. But they're so skilled. Maybe like. The Great Gatsby. I'd probably live through that. Ooh, just, yeah. yeah, party it up. And then yeah. Fun party. Yeah, just go. I'd just yeah. be an attendee at Gatsby's party. Right. You're not Gatsby. You're <laughs> not Obviously. driving towards a green light or anything. Yeah. Nope. Just partying. No, Staying in my house. Yeah, just drinking lots of champagne. Anyway, what would be the name of your autobiography? Oh, no. Ooh. <laughs> I feel like it would be a Taylor Swift lyric. Yes. I don't know which one. Oh man. But I feel like it would have to be. That's very on brand for me. It would probably be one from like, I don't think I'm cool enough for reputation. Me either. It might I'd be sing like, those songs and I'd be like, yeah, and then I'd be like, no, this is Oh my gosh, it would probably oh. be 
like the one from Cardigan where it's like, when you are young, they assume you know nothing. That would be the title. You're like, they're right. And they would be correct. Yes. (laughs) They assume you know nothing in parentheses. They're right. They're right. They're not wrong. Yeah. Oh my goodness. All right. Love it. Those are great answers. That was a good, a good segment of Rapidish Fire. I loved it. You nailed it. Um, So our very last segment of the podcast that we do on every episode Mm -hmm. is we love to subject our guests to the absolute joy of, of completing a BuzzFeed quiz Ooh. based on either something we know about you or more often your career. Um, so let's see, I'm gonna throw it in the chat. There it is. Obviously I went for the book theme, don't hate me, but I couldn't help it. I just, I really I wanted it. to stick with the books. Um, so I will click the answers for you, but if you want okay. to, to look at it as well, I'm a very visual person, so I would want to have it up in front of me. Um, so I will read the questions, Lauren will read the answers, and yeah, are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> Let's do this. Oh yes, the title of this quiz, I should say that for those following along at home. The title of this quiz is, I can tell if you're a bookworm or not based on your reading preferences. Ooh. So. We'll see. I guess how we'll like, it's right. I was gonna say how funny would it be if it was like, no, you're you've you're never not. read a book in your life. You're That's more of a TV. <laughs> We'd be like, um, awkward. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. So first question. How often do you read? Either all the time, maybe once a week if I can. Who has time to read? Or if I find one that looks exciting, I'll try it. Ooh. This is rough because I haven't read like a physical book in a while because sometimes mm-hmm. sitting down is the hardest part. But like I figured out that you can get your library book sent to like a, your audio app on Libby. So I've just mm-hmm. been checking out a bunch of audiobooks and listening to them like while I work or like while I go on walks or do errands. So like right now it's all the time because like that's what's in mm-hmm. my ears. But I love that. yeah. Yeah, I think that counts totally. Audiobooks yeah. are still books. All right. So all the time. All right. Pick a genre. Either probably a classic, something I've read before. I have to pick just one. Fantasy. What's a genre? Mystery or drama? Or, hmm, fiction maybe? These are weird answers. They don't have sci-fi on here, which I feel like is an insult Mm. to me. Um, Probably I have to pick just one. I think some of my Mm. favorite books are like a nice like genre crossover. Like a match. I do like a good, you know. My favorite thing about this question is that on the one that says, what's a genre, for those of you at home who can't see it, has a little, like, German Shepherd puppy with his head tilted to the side the way dogs do when they're like, huh? (laughs) So that's my favorite thing about that question. Um, All right. Pick a place to read. Either someplace comfy with a hot drink and a nice view. At my desk, no time to find a different place. Uh, My room, I guess. A new bookstore or coffee shop outside but somewhere quiet or in my reading chair oh I wish I had a reading chair that sounds great Mm -hmm. um probably a new bookstore or coffee shop mostly because I'm like want to go out and see people again of course don't we all Mm -hmm. um all right pick a rule you would have to follow the rest of your life how dramatic dramatic. uh only new books no rereads reread your comfort books but no new books Read at least two books a week or never read again. Wow. Wow. I feel like I could, I would have to do the read at least two books a week because they could be short. They could be short. And also when I listen to audiobooks, I put them on like two times speed because it's how my brain works. So like we're just speeding through. I think I could do it. I did that one time because I'd seen everyone talking about doing that on like Twitter and Mm -hmm. TikTok and whatnot. And I was like, 
I think I only did like one and a half. Like I didn't even do two. And I was like, how, how, no, I can't understand. It's like, blah, blah, yeah. blah. and I was like, how does anybody do this? Like, that's what my, my roommate says. She's like, I, I don't understand this. I don't I either. Like, I can't, I can't listen to anything slower. Now. You're my hero. So anyway, <laughs> I can't even do audio books at all. I always end up zoning out and I don't know what's going on. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Um, all right. The results are in. It says you're yeah. a, bookworm through and through thank goodness wow Ooh. oh my goodness. that would have been really embarrassing that would have been so, would have been so awkward yeah. you would have had to change your identity crisis career. yeah like, right. well i guess i'm not publishing that book yeah sorry <laughs> it says maybe you were raised on the classics or jumped in on your own accord but you love to read and to disappear into a new world there you go wow. love it or into space or like, into space on inclined yeah um oh my goodness i love it jenna thank you so much for joining us this has been so much fun we can't wait to read your book so, so excited tell everyone yes. where like i mean i know tell them remind us that when it's coming out and i guess where to look for it and the title mm -hmm. of it one more time so everyone knows to be on the lookout yeah, so it's coming out spring 2023. We don't have an exact release date, so that's like our season. Um, from Viking Children's slash Penguin Random House. Um, if you wanna, if you want updates, you can add it on Goodreads. It's called Made of Stars, so you can just add it to your like want to read section. Um, or you can sign up for my newsletter so you can get any sort of updates. My website is just jennamvoris.com. And then on any social media, my name is just at Jenna Voris. So feel free to hang out. Um, Twitter is just a bunch of memes and Instagram is just a bunch of pictures of my roommate's dog. So amazing. Yeah. Incredible. We love dogs and memes. So that sounds mm -hmm. lovely. <laughs> um, all right, everyone, you got all the info. So go follow Jenna, support her. Definitely keep an eye out for the book. Sign up for that newsletter so you know when it's coming and definitely go at it on Goodreads so that it gets lots of buzz before it comes yeah. out. It'll be very exciting. All right, Jenna, well, thank you so much for joining us. Yay. We had a blast and we will talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I love that. I cannot wait to read this book. It's I am be, like, I'm already excited about it. I'm very excited. Anything that like someone can tell me Jeremy Jordan inspired it, I'm there. Like, like I'm that's all, all you that. need. That's, that's yeah. That's really that's all you need to convince me. Um, so I can't wait. So everyone, go to Goodreads. Make sure you mark it as yeah. want to read. Make sure you keep an eye out for it in spring of 2023. I know that feels far off, but just make sure you're. You're keeping an eye out so that when it comes out, you can all grab a copy. I'm so excited. Mm -hmm. Cannot wait. Uh, now that we've heard kind of a little teaser about it. to Got to add it to my uh, ever-growing to read. <laughs> yes. Yes. You got to do it. You got to do it. All right, everybody. I think that just about does it for us this week. Lauren, would you like to tell the people where they can find, follow, and support us? Of course. You can find us on Instagram at Leading Lady Club. You can also find us on our website at www.leadingladyclub.com. You do still need the www. Not really, but whatever. Anyway, you can also find us wherever you can get your podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, others. Uh, you can subscribe to us everywhere. You can rate us on Apple Podcasts. You can leave us a review and tell us how wonderful you think we are. And we hope you have a great rest of your day. Hope yeah. As joyful and lovely as it possibly can be. Wow. That's so sweet of you. All right, everyone. We hope you will join us back right here again next Monday. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast episode and we will 
not talk to you soon or see you soon. You will hear from us soon. How about that? That's a good way to put it. All right, everyone. Happy Monday. Bye. Bye. Is that our Instagram? What is that sound? I don't know.